tale of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. We are here to go over Bellator versus PFL, champs versus champs, Saudi Arabia. This is a big... I feel like this is a big call out for PFL to be like, look, we belong oh, sure. here. We want to do this. Are you surprised? I guess I was asking if you were surprised that Bellator signed this, but they don't have anything else going. Bellator? So, yeah. Bellator doesn't have a choice. PFL now owns Bellator. Okay. So PFL is putting on the Bellator versus PFL, but they own both of them. Yep. So they're in a, a win-win basically but at the same time, if anybody had any questions who had the better fighters beforehand, yeah, they'll be answered. They'll be you know, they'll be settled here. Uh, yeah, for sure. Now, PFL runs a little bit of a different system. Like PFL has a they have a season. Right, they have a season tournaments. And do you know very much about how that how that works? Um, sort of. Yeah, I mean, not not entirely, but I know that you get a certain amount of points for a finish. Um, f- the earliest, fit, like first round finish, second round finish, yep. whatever. I know that guys have lost um, two fights, I think, in the in the preseason, and still made it to the playoffs and won. Okay, you know, um, I know guys that have made it further than the guy that beat him in the first fight. It's so it's kind of weird, but uh, I- I'm not a huge fan of the tournament. You know, yeah. not not that layout anyway. Um, I do like the tournament tournament style fights but i don't like uh the 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 layout's a little bit strange um we uh i believe they're just going with regular mma rules since it's it's just fights right so it's it's not tournament fights so there'll be one versus the other under the sanctioned rules that they typically fight by so typical three five minute rounds you know a couple rules might change this year too we'll go over that in a little bit okay big ones yeah i i think i saw one of those I, there was one fight on the undercard that you wanted to talk about: Gabriel Braga versus Aaron Pico. You're a big fan of Pico, always have been. I am. I am. Uh, he's a stud, man. He. Uh, I would say, if this fight happened early on, it might be it might be a difficult win for for Aaron. But his opponent's twelve and one. Um, Aaron Pico is now twelve and four. Those four happened early on. Um, unless you want to count the Jeremy Kennedy one, but that was a dislocated shoulder, so we didn't really yep. get to see that fight play out. Yep. Um, but but really, he's on a, a very good win streak, um, aside from that setback. So once he went to Greg Jackson's and, and started training at Jackson Wink with those guys, his level, his fight IQ level went up. You know, I'm sure his skills are getting better every day there as well but he was already such a good boxer and such a good wrestler and he's got solid ground you know jiu-jitsu as well um he just now knows how to use them all at the same time and and that's what's made him hyper dangerous like super yeah. dangerous yeah absolutely so are you still are you feeling i uh, yes yeah for sure i'm i'm uh, i'm I, definitely pulling for pico on this uh, i was looking at gabriel his last loss is to jesus pinedo who we're going to talk about he's tournament later champion on in this um, but he's actually got a win against Jesus Pinedo um, in April of 2023. So he's—I mean, when you look at it, at least when you look at the, his PFL resume, yeah. he's, he's got—he's got 
a win or two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like PFL does some strange things. There's you're you're looking at a guy who won against a guy and lost against a guy in the same organization, you know, and they were most likely in the tournament because uh, Jesus Pinedo won the million dollars this last. Uh, this last go around mm-hmm. at 145. Yep. He's managed by Jason House and Iridium Sports, who manage Lucas now. Okay. And and so I know that he was there, you know, pulling for that guy to win and, and he pulled it off. So absolutely. Um he's tough. Aaron so Pico. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm my money's on Pico. Nice. If I was allowed to bet, <laughs> my money's on Pico. <laughs> So moving into the main card, then the first fight on this, and I'm a little shocked to see the opening fight on the card is AJ McKee yeah. um, versus Clay Collard. Clay Collard's 24-11. AJ McKee is 21-1 with his lone loss be to Pitbull. Right. Um, so here's the thing. If I'd never looked at Clay Collard's record and I just watched his fights yeah. and watched all the fights that he won, I would say AJ's in a lot of trouble. I would say this is going to be a very hard fight, and it still could be a, a, a hard fight. Um, AJ has not looked the same at 155 as he did at 145. I heard he was going back to 145, but he's not for this fight. He's still at 155. Um, Clay Collard's good size, 155, and he's a dog, man. He's tough. I think I think the the size might play a factor. I think AJ probably pulls it off as long as he's training hard in camp, doing the right things. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, I think I think he wins the fight, but I also think it is a not that Pitbull's not a, a tough guy, but I think it's a step up in competition from his last couple fights. For AJ, it's a step up for yeah. AJ. Yeah. Okay. That Clay, I think Clay Collard's Clay tough, Collard's. man. I, I watched him. Uh, I watched him fight Pettis and, and a couple other guys in the tournament. And he's, he's a very tough guy. I'd like to look back and see what his 11 losses look like just because um, he's he's tough. And he hasn't won the million dollars, so he's lost in the tournament for sure. He loses by decision yeah. um, most. If you look at – if you if you break down his losses, he's, he's only been stopped once by strikes. Um, he has been submitted three times, and then he's got seven losses that come by okay. way of decision. So he's he's not going to want to go the distance. And he's had a lot of he's had a lot of cage time, you know, yeah. for sure. If he's going the distance that, that many times, for sure. So <clears throat> when you look at decisions, he's got seventeen fights that have gone the distance. So that yeah, Jeez. that's a significant. That's a lot of time in the cage. That's a lot of time in the cage. Um, if you are in AJ McKee's corner, what are you telling AJ? I mean, just be AJ. You know, do do what he does. He's a he's a good striker. Clay Collard's heavy heavy hands. Um, I would stay I would stay on the long end of things until he's wrestling him. And and if AJ gets gets to the ground with him, you know, he, he's so underestimated in his jujitsu skills because he's not a, a jiu-jitsu guy, right. but he's, he's very good at submitting guys. You know, Absolutely. He's, we're, he's the one that we were chasing as far as the submission record went in Bellator. You know, I think we end up being stayed stay, stay tied for third overall, uh, but he leads uh, the subs. Wow. Yeah, I guess um, it's, it's amazing to me that he leads with subs and is still underrated when it comes to his ground game. Yeah. It's amazing to me that Luke's in third and was only there for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's that. 
Yoel Romero, Thiago Santos. These are two veterans of the sport, big names, probably maybe on the, the, the twilight. Yeah. Yoel has the tendency to knock you out or have a really, really boring fight. Yeah. And um, Thiago Santos is a very good kickboxer. Um, he's a guy who many people thought beat John Jones in the UFC and yep. end up with two torn knees and whatnot. Um, John King, that fights for me, lost a decision to him in in uh, Glory Kickboxing, okay. and uh, so he, he's a very tough guy. He's a lot taller than Yoel. He's six two. Yoel's five nine. I did not know Yoel Romero was five nine at two hundred five. So he's got me by an inch and fights at two hundred five. <laughs> so it's like the definition of a fire hydrant. It could right be there. it could be a tough fight for Yoel if Tiago Santos keeps him on the outside. Um, now, if he gets inside with overhands, you know, and whatnot, and his little Mike Tyson hooks and overhands, yeah. he could land, you know, heavy power and, and change that. He could also wrestle him, and I, I think he beats him there. So uh, I'm going to pick Yoel to win the fight at, where is his age? 46. 46 years he's old. Got, he's listed at six foot. He's Yoel's listed at six foot. They've got their reach at 73 and a half. And uh, compared to 76 for Chiago. That would make a little more sense if Yoel was six foot, but I don't know that he really is six foot. But I do know that he's 46 years old, and that's something. <laughs> that, is, that is something. But he's kind of a little bit of an ageist wonder. I mean, the dude just keeps... Yeah, he's a freak. I mean, you listen to Joe Rogan talk about him on his podcast and the yeah, way that doctors eye. talk about him and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, a, he's a freak, so... We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm gonna pull pull for Yoel. For the most part, I'm pulling for all the PFL or all the Bellator guys. Okay. Hence my Bellator T-shirt today in support. But uh, there are a couple fights that I think might be difficult uh, to go with. Bruno Capaloza. Capaloza. Vadim Nemkov. You know I'm a Vadim fan. I uh, yes. um, love this guy. He's he's stud. Uh, Seventeen and two. He is the Bellator champion. No, no. He lost right at the end. To Bader. He lost the last. No. no. Is he the one lost to Bader? To Bader? I mean, they're both fighting at two sixty-five. They've got Vadim Nemkov fighting at two sixty-five. At least is what I'm seeing here. All right. So he he did talk about moving up, and I guess this would be his. His uh, debut moving up to heavyweight from 205. Um, yeah, he is not he's not the champion there anymore. Nope. Yeah, his last fight actually we talked about was in June against uh, Yoel, actually. And he lost that? No, he won. So who did he lose the title to? Who was before that? Uh, he beat Corey Anderson. He no, beat he's still Angel the title Mikas. holder. He's still the title holder. Okay. But... Uh, I was thinking of, can't remember his name at the moment, but the 170-pounder that lost at the very end against Jason Jackson. Um, he was the undefeated 28 or 20, 28 no. Yeah, what was that dude's name? I get confused with all their names, but I, I know the guy well. But anyway, uh, I'm definitely going Vadim Nemkov on this, and I guess this is a heavyweight fight, huh? Um, I've got it. I've shown it here that it's listed at 265. Yeah, I mean – Bruno is 240 okay. in the last listing, so it's not like he's going to 
yeah, be that, a two hundred five all of a sudden. That's a tough. That's a tough cut. <laughs> um, what do you know about Bruno? Um, Brazilian guys, good size, six two. Um, as far as his finishes go, I don't know, but I'd imagine like striker. Yeah, uh, he's only he actually does not have a win via submission. He's got one win via decision, and he's got fourteen wins via KO TKO. So if he's yeah, so they you, talked a lot about this guy, um, and I don't know. He also is someone I believe lost in the tournament, and uh, the guy that is the heavyweight champion is a gigantic, and we'll get to him. I think he's six six or uh, six seven or six eight. Big guy, but um, Bruno, it's a big jump for uh, Vadim Nemkov jumping to heavyweight and fighting a guy like that. His six losses also come by decision or stoppage. Uh, you talking about Bruno? Uh huh. Bruno, he's got uh, two two losses by strikes, two losses by submission, a loss by decision, and a DQ. Okay. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and still stick with Vadim Nemkov. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Are you really going to pick Bruno on this? No, I'm going to pick Vadim. That's hilarious. Um, it's a big – I think it's a. It's tough to jump up a weight class like heavyweight, right? Like yeah. 25 to 35, 10 pounds. 35 to 45, 10 pounds. 45 to 55, 10 pounds. 55 to 70, 15 you know, 70 to 85, 15. 85 to 205 is now 20 pounds. That's a big jump. 205 to 265. Does the, the weight percentage, 25 to 35, put on 10 pounds, that's a, that's a chunk of your percentage of body weight. Sure. When you're, and obviously from 205 to unlimited, I mean, that's obviously another chunk. But percentage-wise, you're not talking the, that big of a difference of percentage. Does that... Does it play into it when you get that big, or is body weight body I mean, weight? look at John Jones. John Jones was a 205er forever. To fight at 265, he took, I don't remember the time, over a year, year and a half, to put on size yep. to fight at that weight, to do it correctly. Um, I think if you just, if you want to be a big heavyweight, you do it like he did. If you want to do it like Vadim Nemkov, he's probably fighting at whatever it is he normally walks at, yeah. which is healthy, yeah. and now he doesn't have to cut. Yeah. You know, uh, probably going to feel good. But you know, guys are heavyweights. This guy's listed at two forty. Vadim Nemkov most likely walks at two forty, sure. being a two hundred five er. Right, thirty five pounds is not that crazy at that big of a guy. So that means when you're on the treadmill, when you're doing your cardio, when you're when you're rolling all of that stuff, you're getting that real feel. And so you're used to that cardio and you're used to that. Right. And you also don't have to do it to lose weight. You yeah. can now, all your conditioning can be focused on conditioning sure. and not just shedding weight sure. and shedding fat, you know, and, and being depleted. They don't have a water cut day. They don't have any of that. They're hydrated right into the weigh-ins. Are the rules different in PFL when it comes to things like IVs or anything like that? Do you know? I do not know. Interesting. I mean, it won't it won't play into it here with Vadim at least, but yeah, I'm just curious. All right, Vadim on this one. Yep. Jesus Pinedo, Patricio Pitbull. So twenty-three, six and one, thirty-five, six and zero. Oh. 
145, so Patricio's back to 145, right? Yeah, let me go back. Yeah, it, it's, it is. I believe they, they – yeah, PFL doesn't even have a 135, and that's an issue for Patchy. And they yeah. also don't have a – whatever that Johnny Eblen's weight was, an 85-pound weight class. Mm. Um, so I guess I'll have to look when we get to Eblen but see what weight class they're fighting at. But um, Jesus Pinedo, like I said, he's managed by Jason House and Iridium. Um, he won the tournament. He's now fighting Pitbull. I'm assuming Pitbull came back to 45, feel more confident, feel strong again. Also getting older. How old is he? 30, upper 30s? Uh, Pitbull? <clears throat> yeah. Pitbull, they're saying he's 36. Yeah. So he's getting there. And what is, what is Jesus? 27. Yeah. Like barely getting to his prime. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 30 you're kind of 27 to 32 33 is your prime. Yep. So he's he's kind of on the early end of uh of his prime. Um just checking the, out the, the reaches. Only here. my only thing with Pitbull, you know, picking him to win is he knows how to manage a fight. He knows how to manage the rounds. Um He's the champion here, so this will be a five-rounder. Yeah, actually, I, I said that in error. Every fight that we've talked about except for Aaron Peak. No. These are all three-by-fives. They're all listed as three-by-fives. Oh, they are. And, and the sheet that Even I have. Even the title fights? Yeah. Okay. Well, that uh, that changes things. I think I would, I would sway toward Jesus Pinedo if it was a five-rounder. Okay. Just because of Pitbull's age, but I at three rounds, I am. Uh, <laughs> who do I make mad? <laughs> I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Pitbull, but I would not be surprised at all if Pinedo wins the fight. If I had to bet, I would bet money on Pitbull. But I would not be surprised at all if Jesus Pinedo wins the fight. Pitbull is giving over 10 inches in reach on this fight. Now, we probably could say that with just about every fight that Pitbull is in. 10 inches? Correct. Really? Pitbull's reach is 65 and a half. And, oh, I hit the wrong, I hit the wrong fighter. And, um, and he's, and Pinedo, his reach is 74. That's super long for a 5'9 guy. Uh, I actually have fairly as, long arms yeah. at 72 yeah. for a 5'8. Yeah. Um, my reach is the same as Lucas's, but 74. Pineda's listed at 6' foot with a 74-inch reach. So they have all these these heights jacked up. It has him here listed at 5'9 Okay. and Pitbull at 5'5". Five five. Uh, I think Pitbull, I show here, topology 5.6 with a reach of 65 and a half. Okay. So he's given 10 inches on reach. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, now, you, you remind us that he's actually only given five inches because you right. split that in half. Right. And you're going to have, you know, some torso. Some, some torso in there as right. well. Um, 
but I also wonder if Pitbull is is kind of used to that at five six. Sure, he's, he's going to be used to fighting in a phone booth. That's always used to fighting the tall guy. So, but you were you were visibly surprised when I said that he was given ten inches on reach. There does that does that change? Does it change anything? I mean, ten's a lot, right? Ten's a yeah. a lot, almost a foot of reach. Um, so I, I was I was more surprised just because it said he was five nine. And then you said 10 inches of reach. I'm like, how long is his arm if he's 5'9"? Um, at six foot, you know, it makes a it makes a bigger difference. 174 or uh, 74 inches is not that big of a reach yep. at six foot. Yep. So, um, yeah, man. Honestly, here's my prediction. I'm going by Pinedo, by anything other than a guillotine, and Pitbull by guillotine. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's real specific. Impa Kasangane, Johnny Emblin. Yeah. Um, I had to go back and look up Impa, and this dude is on the highlight reel of all highlight reels. If anybody yeah. hasn't seen it, he's fighting a guy named Joaquin Buckley. Yep. Joaquin Buckley throws a left kick. He catches Impa it. Impa catches it, and Joaquin Buckley, with his plant foot, jumps, does a spinning back kick, catches him in the jaw. And it's done. But he doesn't fall right away. It's one of those teeter. Yeah. Like, he hits him and impet teeters for a little bit. and But his, his lights are out. He's He used the the leverage and strength of his hand holding him up yep. to push off of that to jump, to jump and up. kick the, with the other hand. It was pretty amazing. I, I've never seen it. It's Walking like a Buckley. video game. Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, this guy then fights through, gets cut, I guess, from the UFC after a while. Ends up in PFL and runs through the tournament and wins the million dollars. Good for him. Yeah. So he's also uh, the champion PFL right now, and he'll be fighting Eblen. And I think Eblen kind of steamrolls this guy. Okay. Um, I know. I, I know Impa's good. I know he's tough. I think Eblen, just by watching him fight, watching what he did to um, Gegard Musasi, and then listening to all of the other guys in the UFC that trained with Eblen at um, ATT. Um, listening to even Sean Strickland, he trained with him just recently. Um, and and everyone says that this guy is the guy. He's, he's the guy at 185. So I don't know what weight class they're fighting at. I don't know if there's a catch or what it is because they don't have a 185 title fight there. I think Impa is coming down to 85 to fight Eblen because it's for, it's for that champ versus champ thing and yeah. and i think he's meeting him there uh to fight at 85 um as far as i was told and i i just think eblin gets it done yeah it's hard to bet against him um yeah. i've got it listed as a, as an 85 as well okay when you look at eblin's last three <clears throat> fights fabian edwards anatoly tokov and gegard musasi um that's that's a heck of a run right there. Then you've right. got John Salter behind that. We talked about those three guys that were undefeated coming up at the same time. Um, and, yeah, Eblin is a... Who is Impa's last three? Uh, his last three are Josh Silvera, Martin Hamlet, and Tim Crone. Right. So you haven't heard of any of those three. Nope. I believe Josh Silvera is Conan Silvera's son. Is it Silvera? Yes. Yes. Conan's son, who is the, one of the head coaches at ATT. 
Um, big, big, giant guy. Um, back in the day, got busted for I don't know how many, but but tons and tons of ecstasy. He went to prison. Okay. Yeah, came Jeez. out and, and has been like uh, one of the one of the staples at ATT for a long time. Been a, a good coach. He fought in the UFC a long time ago as well. Okay. But his son now is uh, fighting in PFL and and doing well. Johnny Eblen. Yeah, Eblen all day. Jason Jackson, Ray Cooper the third, fighting it at, at a, a weight I show here of one eighty two. Yeah. So w- Ray Cooper is going through a lot at the moment. Uh, his mom's been sick. Um, you know, the Coopers are like the Kamakas to me. Known them forever and ever. Yeah. Um, he was struggling to make weight at seventy, moved up to eighty five, and missed weight. Oh. And now is fighting Jason Jackson at a catch weight, but I he didn't make the weight three pounds heavier than this, so I'm not sure what the deal was with the catch weight. Uh, Jason Jackson's a 170 pounder; he's the champ at 170. Um, on any normal day, I would have picked Cooper in this. Um, but just given circumstances and watching Jason Jackson beat, um, why, why am I not thinking of his name? Yeah, I'll pull it He's up. He's the right guy here. we couldn't remember just a second yep. ago. Um, Amosov. Oh, yes. Urasov Amosov. Uh, watching him beat him pretty handily and finishing a fight. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with him as long as he doesn't stay in the pocket and eat anything from Cooper. You know, there's, there's, Hawaiian power that only so many have felt from this guy and from his dad and from others. Yeah. And uh, you just, you know, you have to be careful there. I think Jason is kind of an all-around better fighter. I also, I was hoping uh, that, so Ray had contacted Rich Chow talking about coming here to train. Yeah. And uh, it was during the time Kai had been calling out Luke. So I was like, you know, how were your feelings on that? Because I don't, you know, if that fight had to happen, uh, whatever, whatever happened is that they didn't come here. But now I think he stayed home and is training at home where he's, he's trained most of his career. But uh, I think he is a guy that needs to get away and get out and train somewhere. Um, and and hopefully, how old is he? Um, hold on. Ray? <clears throat> yeah. Listed as thirty-one, thirty-one. So, like he's had, he's already had so many fights at thirty-one. He's twenty-five, nine, and one, and uh, he's kind of on the. If he's not careful, he's already on the downside of his career. Yeah. You know, yeah. And he's won the million dollars twice. You know, he's he's ran the tournament twice. He beat the guy that beat him, which is great. Um, but I, I just I know they're going through a lot, and I feel terrible for for him and his family. I would love to see him pull it off. I just think in this situation, Jason Jackson gets the win. With what Jason Jackson has done, even I I don't know much about Ray Cooper. I know you're you're connected with him. Watching what he did to Amosov, yeah, that's that's hard to beat against that. And then you've got all the added. I watched Jason Jackson beat. Um, Diego Lima, I think it was Diego, one of the Limas, and uh, Douglas. Douglas Lima, Douglas Lima, and um, 
Douglas was a, a stud. You know, he was so good. And I watched him beat him, but he was real, real boring. Took him down, got on top of him, didn't do anything the entire fight. Every round was that way. So I thought, okay, he, he wrestles. I didn't know he was a good wrestler, but that's his thing. And then he fought uh, Amosov, and all of a sudden, you know, he was he was good everywhere. And I was like, oh, I did not see any of that in his yeah. fight against Lima. But he, he was very talented, very good, very underrated by me for sure. I was like, oh, I did not realize he was this good. And uh, he was. So I, I'm going to pick him to win that fight. But like I said, I would not be uh, – I couldn't be happier if Ray won the fight. All right. The main event, Hendon Ferreira and Ryan Bader. This is fighting at 265. <clears throat> so, man, I would love to see Bader win this fight. I just don't know – how he wins the fight hopefully he's able to take him down and get it done from what i've heard about this guy and i did not watch this last season of pfl uh with this heavyweight but supposedly he was a, a scary monster <laughs> he's a, i mean he's six was it you have listed six eight um yes yeah six eight five inch reach 85 yeah so that's john jones reach yeah isn't that John Jones, 84, 85? Something like that. Yeah. He's 34. Um, man, that's a big human being. 12 and 3. Yeah. 260. He's got Beta listed as 265. He's not 265. He fights at 205 and heavy. I know he's a lighter heavyweight. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't have a weight listed for Bader here. But he's given a lot, 74-inch reach. So there's a and, – and Bader's 40. Yeah. So he's got, he's got some miles. I mean, he's got 38 fights before this, so he's obviously got some miles coming in on him. Um, I'm going with – this is one of the fights I'm picking the PFL guy. I think that Henry Ferrer pulls off the, the win here. Um, again, I don't think it's even across the board on how the fights go. I think Bellator is going to be lopsided wins, but I do think that uh, this fight might be too much for Bader. I also think it's been very unorganized, very last minute, very, you know, a lot of stuff not playing out how it was supposed to play out, um, kind of rushed into putting this champ versus champ thing together. And um, especially on the, I guess, I, mean, I guess on both sides, the Bellator guys for sure because they didn't know anything that was going on sure. until it went on. And uh, I think that, you know, the the PFL guys have fought. I don't know when their last fight was, but it was, it was since the Bellator fights had happened. And, uh, like, we, we've been sitting for six months, you know. It's been almost six months uh, since Luke's fight. And now we're hoping April 4th in San Antonio – it would be a PFL fight um, because I'm not flying. We're not going to Europe where most of the Bellator fights are. Apparently, most of the Bell all the Bellator fights are there until September, October. They're going to have two here. And uh, the PFLs will be here and some over there. But Bellator will be over there. They sell tickets over there. Um, so we'll do, a, hopefully, a Bellator here 
and then a P, uh, I'm sorry, a PFL here, and then a Bellator here late in the year. Um, if we have to, we will do two PFLs. If we really have to, we'll wait till the end of the year and jam in two back-to-back Bellators here. Um, but you know, the the talk is supposed to be April fourth. We'll fight in San Antonio. When you PFL. say back to back, are you talking truly back to back? One like, month, like a month. Yeah, yeah. That's. I won't get into after that, but, yeah. but that would be the the point to get those two done. Okay. You know, right then. How's the holding up? Good, man. I mean, we're in camp right now. We are, you know, eight weeks from today, Thursday. Eight it weeks is. from today, uh, because of the idea that we are fighting April fourth. And we, we run long camps. Also, why the tournament style is not awesome because it's every every two months they're fighting, mm. and uh, so we have a lot to lot to iron out. We're in uncharted territories. That's why we signed with Iridium, and Jason House has been handling everything for us. It's been awesome, and we signed a handful of my my fighters as well. And uh, a lot of our guys are fighting in Fury now, and Fury's a feeder basically to the UFC. Yep, and so a lot of big things happening. I'm excited to watch this. This is going to be the the airtime is a weird one. It's in the afternoon, I believe, because um, it's over there. Because it's over there. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is going to be um, great, and I'm really excited to see how. The other reason it's probably at that time is because, for whatever reason, they are having a pay per view the same day as the UFC Mexico City uh, has their fights. Oh wow! So yeah, and that and the UFC is a fight night. Brandon Moreno, Brandon Roval, like it's there's there's good fights on that card. I'll be there for Victor Altamirano. That's gonna be awesome. Okay, well, we real will, quick uh, touch yes. on the rules. Yes, thank you. So they're they're lobbying trying to get the rule passed now, where twelve six elbows will be legal. Okay. So when we're at rules meetings, the referees will tell us this is not legal, that is legal, that is legal, but that is not legal. So there's such a fine line there that everyone is saying legalize this legalize this strike. You know, it's dumb to not have it yep. and whatnot. So hopefully that passes. The next one, and they're using Tim's fight with um, Muhammad Mokayev as an example of when he was playing the game, putting his yes. hand down yes, while yes, Tim's yes. kneeing him in the face. It then happened in a fight after that. And then again, just this weekend, a guy got kicked while his hand was down. And uh, they are trying to, and, and hopefully this happens, where your elbows, basically your forearms, you have to be you have to be down, you have to be on a knee. But if your feet are on the ground, your elbows have to be on the ground, basically, in order okay. for you to actually be a downed opponent. Okay. So there is no playing with your hands at all. It it plays it it will play into what I said. I believe at that point you're going to force guys to play jujitsu. Yep. Because. At one, at some point, when you're stuck there, if someone's knee in your head, you're gonna have to sit to your ass or wrestle forward. If you can't wrestle forward, you know that's the only other option. Yep. So we'll see how it goes with that. Um, I like it, but uh, I think it would change the way people fight for sure. You know, there's been a couple. I, I can't remember who just who just played that the other day, but but Tim's fight alone was bad. Oh. Um, it was a girl fight, I believe. Uh, girl, do we just have a, a a title fight for the women in the UFC or or something? But it was it was definitely a girl playing the game, and uh, the other girl was kneeing her in the face as well as she should have, 
And so they were originally any point of your finger touching the ground, yeah. it was a rule. Then people started playing the game. Then it was like the palm of your hand. Right. Then it had to be weight-bearing. Weight-bearing. Yeah, so it was like a fist or a palm. Subjective, obviously. Yeah, and then it's like you're wa- now you have to watch to see if the mat is creasing because you're actually putting weight there or not. It's just a too fine of a line. Um, you need to be down, you know. And I really, really hope that that gets passed. And, um, I mean, they're allowing bare-knuckle MMA now. Like, there's bare-knuckle MMA fights coming up in, uh, um, I think it's Masvidal's organization. Mm. And um, so let's go back to at least being able to knee an opponent with their hands down and make them actually be a down-downed opponent. Isn't it one championship that, like, you can soccer kick? Yeah, pride is like that as well. You can stomp. Like, it's it's fair game. Yeah. Like, so hopefully those two rules get passed. That'd make a huge difference in the the sport of MMA at the moment. For sure. And hopefully it's not next year, you know, when that happens. Hopefully it's it, they phase it in pretty quickly since we're still at the beginning of the year. And I think I've heard Dana even advocating for it. Oh, 100%. It. Yeah, he, he wants it. John McCarthy actually was one of the ones who put in the rule. And he said after the very first event he watched, he said, oh, man, we're in trouble. You know, we that, that was a mistake. Yeah. He said after the very first event that he saw – uh, after implementing that rule, that it was it was too vague as far as the the hand placement and the game plan. Cool, cool. All right, we will see you guys back next week and go over the results of this. Have a good night. It is all over. Just like that. <laughs>